Hello, I'm Mark Almagro, Editor-in-Chief of Portfolio Magazine. Welcome to the Portfolio Podcast presented by YPO, the Young President's Organization. The COVID-19 pandemic has been called the great accelerator of digital transformation. Before the pandemic and the consequent lockdowns happened, there was already a palpable gathering of support for the digitization and digitalization as necessitated by an increasing reliance on information and communications technology. But the disruptions in commerce, trade, and industry during the pandemic, in the delivery of basic services, the exchange of goods, the flow of supply stream, and the very conduct of normal human life did indeed hasten the digital transformation. And for very obvious reasons, digital technology effectively bridged the physical distances between people, provided connectivity for all participants in the economy, created alternative channels for communication, and helped establish a sense of normalcy and a modicum of reliability in the midst of chaos and uncertainty. In Myanmar, a Southeast Asian nation with a population of roughly 54.81 million, the situation was equally dire as can be expected. The COVID-19 pandemic and government lockdowns, according to one report, have led to significant economic losses, including falling exports and lost revenue from tourism and international remittances. But there were also glimmering spots of hope, especially those touched by information and communications technology, as our guest in this episode will tell us. Joining us today from Yangon, Myanmar, is my guest, Mr. Wu Shane Tu Ong, Chairman of Global Technology Company, a major player in the information and communications technology sector in Myanmar. This afternoon, Mr. Ong will tell us about the state of ICT in Myanmar, how it has become a vital tool in the economic recovery of the country, and where it is all headed. Shane, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. You know, let's let's get right into it. Myanmar has already emerged out of the pandemic and then uh, things are returning to normal. Have the business establishments and the public facilities, for example, opened? Are the basic services in order? And would you say that things are becoming normal as we speak? The business establishment and the public facilities are 100% reopened. But in my view, I think things will not be back to the normalcy. Mm-hmm. Because the pandemic is changing dramatically in uh, in many ways, in many sectors, to the people' lifestyles and the way we think. So, but to answer your questions, the businesses and the public facilities are really open back. Okay, that's good to hear. Would yeah. you say that uh, Myanmar is coping well uh, in the aftermath of the pandemic? I would say two parts. Some of the segments are not coping well. For example, logistics and importation, inflation, mm. and uh, job creation, especially in the travel and tourism industry, mm. are not coping very well, very fast along the wall. However, those are sectors are coping really well, especially in the education, especially in the healthcare, 
Myanmar has been go through well uh, because of the people, people of Myanmar's generosities and people love to support each other, which, which can overcome the pandemic. So the effect is still carry on. Our engagement between the people of Myanmar are really, really tight and people have a belief we can overcome whatever the difficulty is. So that resilience is part of the culture. But would yes. you also say that um, digital transformation is also helping uh, the recovery of the country? Yes. Even the uh, before the pandemic, a lot of countries are talking about the industry 4.0. Yes. It's coming from the World Economic Forum. So the COVID-19 makes uh, immersive acceleration to shift. It is no other option to move on the the online business presence, e-commerce, trading, and the education. Because of the lockdown, the government schools are closed. Kids cannot go to the schools. But the online and the digital communication media has become a solution to continue their education. Definitely, the online is not the replacement of the campus education. But somehow, certain degree of uh, learning environment is still happening because of the, the digital and the online uh, system. Are you seeing a lot of this hybrid system where students are allowed to study from home and also at the same time, on some days, they return to school? And is that the same as well in the workplace where people can work from home on some days and then report to the office on some days? Yes. Yeah. During the pandemic, we, we also have a question. After the pandemic, how is going to happen? Is this going to continue the hybrid or is this, is this going to go, go through the fully uh, back to office? Mm. So I would say in Myanmar, hybrid working space is, is a choice in, in many of the organizations. Mm. including our company. Our company is back to uh, office 100%, but in, in the education, uh, in the most of the business sector are still working on the hybrid mode. We acknowledge that uh, information and communications technology uh, is behind this recovery. Can you give me an update on the state of ICT in Myanmar in terms of penetration, market size, market breakdown, and so on? Yeah, it, the internet penetration in Myanmar is a 42 million uh, internet penetration. 42 so million internet 42 million penetration. It's, 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 yeah, 78% internet penetration. Mm -hmm. So number of the mobile telephone is a 58 million and 129% of, of our population. Mm -hmm. And uh, our country have... Uh, 70,000 fiber backbone and the uh, mobile coverage is, and the broadband coverage is 88% of the population. That's 80% quite of high. the population. Yes, quite high. And uh, mm. the, the, the market site, the total market site of our telecommunication is, is 8 billion US dollars. Mm. And there are 19 uh, internet companies including the mobile operators in Myanmar. So clearly there is still uh, room to grow. I would say 
Myanmar has a massive uh, data backbone. Myanmar has a massive uh, data infrastructures, which can build many of the ICT solutions and services on top of that the digital infrastructure. Uh, during the democracy time, Myanmar was made a very good uh, telecommunication regulation. It's called the fourth generation regulation and mm. making the 100% liberalization in Myanmar. So anyone can invest, anyone can treat the same and fair manner on the, on, on the telecommunication sector. So it's a fully open industry, not a half open. So many of the foreign companies are invested in Myanmar and which make us a $8 billion US dollar industry. And from east to west, not to south, Myanmar is covered with the fiber backbone. Is there ownership by, by foreign entities? Is ownership allowed given that the industry is uh, liberalized? 100% foreign ownership is allowed in the telecommunication. Uh, here has a 100% open ownership for the telecommunication, which makes really fast in, in, in investment, which makes really fast in the building the infrastructures. Even Myanmar, some of the area, the roads are not good. The bridge are not there. But, but uh, the, <laughs> there the is connectivity. Is already, yeah, connectivity is already there. Now, um, is this the same everywhere? Because in some countries here in Southeast Asia, there is a higher degree of connectivity in urban centers. And then when you go, as you go farther away from the city centers, there is an unevenness so that the rural areas will have lesser, lesser degree of connectivity. How is the situation in Myanmar? As I said, 88% of the population, they can access the, the 3G signal, 3G. So it's a pretty good uh, coverage for, for, the remote, uh, for those people who live in the remote area. I see. So that makes it narrowing the digital divide. That's, that's very good, especially, I think, in some areas, like you mentioned, healthcare, for example, education, for example, where... ICT is, is really doing a tremendous job of helping uh, in the recovery. Now, let's go to your own company, Global Technology Group. Can you tell us about the company structure? Is, is it privately owned? What's the ownership uh, like? And uh, tell me about the market that you're serving. Thank you, Mark. So uh, Global Technology is founded by the three co-founders, including me. And we started by our staff finance. And we, we started at a small ICT company, a small training center. And then we transformed ourselves along the journey. This year, our company reached their 20 years anniversary. And we are serving into the three pillars. The first one is the enterprise market. We are serving and we are building the fiber optic infrastructure across the country. We have over 30,000 fiber kilometers across the country. So this is the, the fiber backbones and infrastructure company. The second pillar is we are serving to the consumer market as the internet broadband company by the fiber optic to the home and the 4G wireless broadband services. Mm. So the third pillar is the cloud companies. We have we are claiming ourselves as a cloud computing company by cooperating with the AWS, Google, and VMware. 
In terms of market shares, we represent 40% of internet broadband market in Myanmar. Mm. And we are the leading internet companies in Myanmar. I see. This podcast series is a collaboration between Portfolio and Young Presidents Organization, or YPO, a global leadership community of chief executives, which counts more than 30,000 members from 142 countries. For over 70 years, YPO built a trusted community where chief executives connect to solve both personal and professional problems together. The world needs better leaders. Become one at YPO. Now, let's talk a bit about uh, how the pandemic and the lockdowns affected uh, your business and what did you do to recover from that? Thank you. Uh, there are two, two parts. One is uh, challenges. The company like us, the internet companies, the telecommunication companies, we never think ourselves is um, it's like healthcare company. During the pandemic, the telecommunication companies has been treated as an essential business. Yes. So even ourselves, we have been working 24-7, serving the people to be connected, making sure family to be connected, making sure the business to be connected all the time. And, and even the country is locked down, um, the business type like us have to walk, even the pandemic time. So we have, uh, I, I would say, I would call this is a challenge because we are not designed to walk under this pandemic. Mm. We want to stay home. We have been walking intensively during the pandemic time. But uh, honestly, uh, successfully, we, we, we could overcome it. Another side is the opportunity. Before pandemic, Families, you know, the daddies go to office, the kids go to school, um, the, the mothers is going to the shopping, for example, or walk. Yes. But during the pandemic, everybody stay home. The daddy is meeting online, the grandpa is watching Netflix, kids are online schooling. Mm. So all the, if there is a five family members, five family member is using different, different kind of services through the internet. So the, the, the demand of the bandwidth, the requirement, and the urgency of the connectivity is really, really high than we ever built for. People, are, people say right now, I, I, want, I want the connection right now. I have an examination right now. You know, the line cannot be off. So everything become very urgent. So but how did you respond to that urgency and, and the spurt in demand honestly we cannot fulfill 100 percent. even mm. the company like netflix they reduce the resolution because <laughs> they cannot start 4k anymore because they are not designed for 100 percent loading because some people watching we call it concurrent some people watching some people are not mm -hmm. they are the formulas but during the pandemic everybody watching the netflix well, yeah, at the same time at the same time at and at extended time. hours. Yeah. Yeah. And also even the YouTube. YouTube is automatically deteriorate the, the quality. Everybody watching YouTube, I think three billion people, four billion people are watching YouTube right at the same time. We could not fulfill hundred percent what the market is demand for in a in a matter of short time. But we we saw what the, the market needs in, in a very high degree. Mm. For example, like midnight, midnight, the, the one of the backbone is cut 
for some reason because of uh, heavy rain or the disaster. Okay. So our engineers had to reach during the lockdown period. Mm. Nobody on street. It's, it's empty street. So that that's what we have been walking for during the pandemic, and which make us stronger, and which make us more uh, believe in ourselves. And we always proud of that. Now that you have seemed to have surpassed that that period, and and you've been through a lot during the pandemic. Wouldn't you say that these challenges have become now opportunities because they exposed areas that you can go into and develop new services, develop new markets, and develop uh, new technology? How are you responding to these uh, new opportunities that have presented themselves after the pandemic? I want to answer in the two ways. The first way is the, the, the demands and the requirements from our clients, our customers, are are very, very wide. So we are responding by founding the demand center. Mm-hmm. Whatever the customer needs, come to that demand center. For example, like connectivity issues or do they have a cloud issues or they want to consult with us for, the, for their emergency response system. Mm-hmm. Do they want to build the human resources? Whatever they need, just come to talk to us. Because in our company, they are on the separate departments and separate functional. Okay. So we want to reduce the silo. So we create the demand center. So customers do not need to talk to the, the separate department. They just come and talk to the one, one space. And we have, we have to provide the free consultations to the, 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 the implementation from a single point of uh, contact. And is it effective? It is really effective. It, it is kind of the YPO uh, advantage to me because YPO... There are a lot of resources to learn. I, I learned from the YPO. That many of the YPO companies are building the demand center to fulfill what I their see. customer needs. Not only mm-hmm. in the digital sector, but also in the manufacturing, in the sectors, but ah. also in the logistics, but also in the, the mm. construction as well. What is the value of centralization? How come it's becoming an important uh, facility or uh, an important hub in the business? I, I'm not uh, I'm not fan of the centralized uh, organization structure. I am not. So what I'm using the demand center is collecting the different resources into a one place. We call the hero, the highly empowered and the resourceful operation. Seventy percent of our business are wasting our time to asking, "Can I do this? Can I do that? Do you have that fine?" I don't have uh, I, I don't have the password. Can you give me the password? People are searching for the resources. It's spending seventy percent of our daily life. I mean, that's that's a very good way of uh, creating efficiencies within the organization because also it's it's good service to your client when they can just go to one demand center and you know it has the answer to all their questions. Yes, and also we have to change our productivity and collaboration tools. In the digital transformations, one of the key segments is the, the productivity, how to increase your productivity and how mm. to increase the collaborations between your people. So that is the key essence of the digital transformation. Without digital transformation, the productivity will be very silo. I don't mm. want to talk to you. You have to come to me to my table. The digitization of the way the people walk, 
it's become increasing the productivity. Another one is the collaboration. All way of collaboration is we, are, we have to go to the one meeting room and uh, talking with the agendas and then we speak. Mm. Because of the pandemic, the way people collaborate each other, the way they perform each other is totally changed. Technology company like Google, Facebook, Microsoft has, has those kind of productivity and collaboration tools. Those are very popular across the, across the world, including the Myanmar. I have witnessed that because that allowed for people to collaborate more efficiently and openly. There is inclusion in the system that previously were not there. But with a platform like, like what you were uh, citing, people are able to come together almost immediately and address what needed to be addressed. Yes. Now, you're right. Can, can we talk about uh, the status of technology of the ICT uh, sector in Myanmar? Is cloud technology pervasive? Is there a requirement for technology upgrade? What's the status of technology and what technology are you on right now? So Myanmar is being an emerging market. So the cloud leaders like Amazon Web Services, AWS, mm -hmm. Microsoft Azure, Huawei, Ali Cloud, are investing the large number of marketing resources to convert the local companies in Myanmar to their respective platforms. So the, many of the large companies in Myanmar are adopting into the cloud. Uh, on top of the digital transformation is we call the cloud adoption. So the cloud technology is one of the key pillars to transform into the, the, the new way of the 21st century uh, workspace. Mm. So the, the cloud technology is really coming very fast into the Myanmar market. At the same time, because of the political situations in Myanmar, the, most of the cloud, public cloud companies from Western have some sanction to the, some of the businesses in Myanmar. Because of that threat, the Myanmar businesses are looking into the domestic cloud uh, facility. So as the global technology, we are providing the public cloud, at the same time, the domestic cloud to fulfill Mm. We call the Madi cloud strategies, Madi cloud see. strategies, okay. so to fulfill the market demand uh, for the enterprise in Myanmar. Will this be the focus for your company in the, say, short term? Or what other areas are you now looking at uh, focusing on? Right now, we have been focusing on the uh, Madi cloud strategies. Multi-cloud strategy. As I said, we are we are investing more in the cloud investment, mm -hmm. the software-defined data center projects in Myanmar in, 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 in 2022 and 2023 as well. So because many of the enterprise in Myanmar are truly adopt the multi-cloud strategies, which means that we call the hybrid cloud. Hybrid cloud is running business applications on the private cloud in Myanmar with a second instance in a public cloud infrastructure out of the country. That is called the hybrid cloud. Mm -hmm. Another alternative is the multi-cloud strategies operated between the cloud provider in Myanmar as well as cloud provider outside of the outside. country. Outside, okay. Outside yes. of the country. So many of the, it's not only in Myanmar, in Thailand, in Indonesia, 
you can look at that. Many of the company are defining what is our cloud strategy. That is a question every company is asking to their relevant uh, technology provider. Which, how should I design my cloud strategy? Do I go for hybrid or do I go for multi-cloud or do I go for the single cloud strategy? Mm. Well, thank you, Shane. Now let's uh, take a five-minute break. And when we return, uh, I'm going to ask you about the learnings from this experience going through the pandemic, developing new opportunities and addressing them. And of course, uh, what do you hope for the future of ICT in Myanmar? Uh, we will be right back after this. The world needs better leaders. Become one at YPO. For over 70 years, YPO built a trusted community where chief executives connect to solve both personal and professional problems together. 